0: this morning it's a very common passage of scripture in the book of Proverbs. I wanted to share with you this morning from uh, that book proverbs thirty one again, a text that uh, can be used and abused sometimes uh, today. I pray that it's an encouragement not only to moms but it gives us as men that are here as well some insight um, and I, I wanted to, to think about this you know as we we open up the service here today. You know, it, it's pretty fascinating you know, verse to me in Proverbs thirty-one, thirty. It's one that, like I said, becomes refrigerator material. Um, it gets taught through uh, often, and yet sometimes, you know, when I hear teachings on it, it really becomes. Uh, uh, you look around and you hear, watch women that are listening to the message, and it's almost like there's condemnation that comes with it, like it's a a litmus test. You know, if you really are you know, as a woman walking with God, and you can feel more defeated than encouraged. And that really wasn't the intent at all with this. You know, obviously, you know, teaching through the Hebrew alphabet, um, there was a way that um, this could become a guide uh, for uh, a, a man, you know, for a young child as they would grow and become a man, the, the type of woman that he should look for in his life. And, and it's, a, it's a really, it's a wonderful text. That I really pray this morning, you know, as we celebrate Mother's Day and and not just mothers, but women in general, that that this verse would would take on fresh meaning for us, and even as men, uh, that we would comprehend really the depth of it. That it's not isolated to women only uh, in regard to the overriding message of it, but it's obviously specific in nature here this morning. It says this in verse thirty. It says charm is deceptive. I'm reading from the NLT translations. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. It doesn't say she'll just be praised, but it says, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. And so I want to just begin our service even before we pray this morning. If you're a mom that's here with us in our service today. If you would just do us a favor, again, we want to celebrate you today. If you'd just stand to your feet, all the moms that are here with us, if you'd stand, we'll just want to give you a big round of applause and thank you so much for your faithfulness into the Lord. And again, you can be seated. I know you don't want to stand, and but yet you deserve to stand and you deserve to be honored. You deserve to be blessed today. And, uh, myself and our staff and our eldership we do we we praise the lord for you and i think about our church and the ministries that go on you know and how many women you know serve you know so faithfully you know behind the scenes week in and week out you know we we wouldn't exist uh, you know obviously if we didn't have those that serve so faithfully and and we are blessed with a, a great men's ministry but i think even our men would would agree that you know, i love that expression that says behind every good man as a great woman and uh, we are blessed with some very very great women and so i want to just take a moment and and pray for you especially today the moms that are here i asked my wife i said honey you know what what should i share on this week and and she basically says the same thing almost every year she doesn't probably think about what she said you know the previous year and she said you know just encourage the, you know the moms that life is hard and And being a mom is hard, and it's getting harder um you know in, in so many different ways and just just to encourage them and and remind them to hang in there, you know as Galatians says, you know, don't fear in doing good for in due time, you will reap if you don't faint and lose heart. Don't give up, you know God is for you, and you know as Paul reminded us in our study of Romans, if God's for you, then what who can stand against you and so I uh, just want to pray with you and for you this morning as the men that are here in in the sanctuary. Uh, that God would just use us to bless you uh, this day. And Father God, we thank you, Lord, for the women of our church. We thank you for the women that make up the body of Christ. And Lord, uh, as we study your word and we were going into Easter, we we saw that so many of the men, you know, had bailed. Uh, Lord, they had failed and they walked away, but so many of the women stood close. They, They stayed there at the cross. They were there at the empty tomb. And they were the ones who went and told the men, Jesus had risen, just like he said, and so, Lord, it's no different today than it was then. Uh, God, you use women in such a, a, a just a, a miraculous way in this life and in this world, and not just in bringing forth children, which is a miracle in and of itself, but Lord, just the different gifts and skills God that you have bestowed upon women in the way that you use them to strengthen and encourage and build up the body of Christ. Lord, to care for their families and their homes, sometimes, uh, Lord, without any uh, gratitude, without any thankfulness. Uh, Lord, today, may they be reminded, may they know that, Lord, the God of heaven sees, and you know everything. And one day, Lord, their reward will be great in heaven. But, Lord, our prayer, you know, as the men of our church, God, our prayer today is that the women in our life, the mothers that are here in particular, that, God, they would sense and know in a fresh way not only your love for them, but our love for them, our appreciation, Lord, for all that they do, the big things, the little things, the things that people see, and, and Lord, just the, the tons of things that nobody sees, but Lord, that they do so faithfully day in and day out. Lord, may you bless them today. May their their children are, are around and available. May they, as Scripture says, rise up and 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 bless their moms. And may the husbands, Lord, may they recognize, Lord, the, the, the fruit of, of these women's labor. May they see, God, the, the works of their hands and and all the little things that go on through the course of the day. May they be appreciated afresh for those things. God, we are, we are so blessed. And Lord, we pray every blessing under heaven would be our moms today. And Lord, for those that maybe are hurting today that Maybe this is the first year where their mom isn't with them to celebrate. May you be their comfort and their strength. May the memories that they shared, Lord, just be sweet, Lord. And for the, the, the moms, and I know sometimes it's hard that they're estranged from their mom. They don't have a, a healthy relationship. I pray for reconciliation today. I pray for forgiveness today. I pray that, Lord, your grace and your mercy, Lord, would go forth. That, God, we would be the body of Christ today, Lord, that we would recognize and, and Lord, give honor where honors due. I know for some people, they can struggle with even recognizing people and saying that that, that's not what church is about. But yet we see right here in your word where you say charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Or we recognize the women in this church. They were created by you and they were for you. And, Father, we just thank you today that, God, many of them are living their lives for you. And so, Lord, may you bless them abundantly. God, we, we thank you so much for them. Pray their day would just be so rich, Lord, so peaceful, Lord, filled with your joy. Lord, that's our hope. That's our prayer as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, and like I said, you know, as I, I look at this, you know, as a topic, you know, here in Proverbs 31. And I, like I said, I'd ask my wife, you know, she said, just, you know, honey, it, it, being a mom is tough. And I, and I look at the things that we're struggling with today, you know, with kids, the identity crisis, you know, we talk about these things as, as, uh, you know, the church is, is faced in, in a world where, you know, God isn't recognized uh, as being King of Kings and Lord of Lords and people have lost their way, you know, as, as, Paul wrote you know, to the church in the book of Romans, he said, you know, when they were no longer thankful to God, when they did, were no longer thankful to God for who God created them to be, it says, then God gave them over to their own desires. You know, it's kind of like, that reminds me of that Burger King commercial, you know, one of the things that Burger King would promote, that at Burger King, you could have it your way. And there's just something in our society, in our culture, you know, we want it our way. But scripture is adamantly clear that, you know, that um, there is a way that seems right, to a man, but its end, the Bible says, brings forth death. And so God has an order. God has a design. And we go all the way back to the book of Genesis, and we see that, that God created them male and female. You know, he created man, and he said, it wasn't good that man would be alone, but I'll make a, a helper, you know, who's suitable. Uh, and, and God caused a deep sleep. It says, you know, to fall over Adam. And he took one of his ribs and, and fashioned it into woman. And and. You know, there's such a, a beautiful relationship that ensued that was tainted, then you know, by sin, and so being you know uh, alive today in a we could say a post Eden world, um, there are a lot of struggles. You know, Jesus said in this life you're going to have trouble. He said, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. And so it's just a, you know a great reminder as we look at the, this this morning. Um, you know, there's such a a, a wonderful wonderful picture of womanhood that sometimes, you know, we just don't spend the time. And I thank God for days like Mother's Day where we can stop and when we can say, you know, we need to recognize, you know, people. We need to recognize women, um, you know, in particular. Um, you know, Christianity can get a bad rap, you know, that that it's anti-woman, but yet it's really Christianity that that gave the dignity to women that they deserve. It was the other, you know, world religions that definitely, you know, uh, even Judaism in of itself. You remember the rabbinical prayer, you know, that the rabbis would pray every day that I thank God that, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a Gentile. I'm not a woman. I'm not a dog. And so again, here's Jesus coming along and and just dignifying women in every sense. And you see all through the apostles' ministries, the women that serve faithfully along them. Like I said, at, at, you know, you look at the cross there and how the faithful women that stood by Jesus, you know, you know we say in life, you know, sometimes you know you'll find out you know when when life is is at its worst, you'll find out you know the people that are at their best and And what I mean by that is you know when when life you know tends to be going south, you know people tend to walk away from us, but it's well said that you know but your friends will be coming towards you, and then you look at the cross and you see Jesus was surrounded by them that loved him the most, and the majority of those you know were women and so it it just it, Resonates with this particular text here in Proverbs chapter thirty-one. You know, to me, um, you know, I'd read a quote. You know, uh, in years past, it says it's not easy being a mother, and if it were easy, it says fathers would do it, and and it's so true. You know, I, I've said this, I, and, and I said it, you know, half kiddingly, but really, there's a truth in it. If 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 having babies was up to men, I think all the men here would agree. We the world would be extinct, right? We we would have we would cease to exist a long time ago. To think that that you would put yourself through that kind of pain, that you would allow your body to suffer that much, we see so much of the that identity in in womanhood that we see, you know, in salvation from the cross. You know that says in Isaiah, you know, that Jesus was was beaten beyond recognition, right? That we wouldn't even see him in a way that uh, anybody would be attracted to him. I've yet to meet a woman who ever felt attractive, you know, during the birthing process. Or even in a pregnancy, you know, for that. And like I said, to think that you would allow your body to be, you know, transformed uh, in in such a what we would say is a negative way, and to know that and to do that in advance, and and to have your body change in ways that it'll never come back, it's a sacrifice that you make. And so we we see those connections between you know motherhood and in the sense sainthood. You know, we talk about you know when I say sainthood is 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 Christlikeness. You know, and you look at, uh, we were, uh, my wife and I were at a yard sale on Friday, and we were out near Arvin, and uh, it was off of Vineland. Well, there's a cemetery there. And, and my wife looked, and she said, what are all those people doing at the cemetery? And she, about as soon as she said it, she goes, oh, that's right. It's Mother's Day weekend. And cemeteries literally, or, I mean, if you drive past one today, you will see there's literally hundreds of people that will be gathering at cemetery. Some, and they're stopping this now. They started doing this during COVID. Um, I mean, we would go, you know, I, I would, unfortunately someone would pass away around, uh, you know, mother's day and you would go there, you know, on a mother's day weekend and literally, like I said, hundreds of people, people sitting around their mother's grave barbecuing, right? There was barbecues there and then the whole family was, was there and fixing a meal and then. And just wanting to be close, even though their mom wasn't there, it was, that's where she was laid to rest and they wanted to be connected to her, which reminded me, you know, always of that. And I love this this kind of visual, you know, that, you know, when children are, or when they're born, you know, the doctor cuts or the the father, I had the blessing of, you know, being there when our children were born. I got to cut the umbilical cord. But it's, it's well said that, you know, uh, you know, you might cut the physical umbilical cord when a child is born, but you can never truly cut the cord between a mother and their child. And and it's such a beautiful thing. And I know that from a firsthand experience, you know, like I said, I have, you know, I was raised in in a home where both my mom and my dad were there. Um, but I had a wonderful mom that, you know, so easy, you know, to see the, 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 the love and the grace and the mercy, you know, of God, you know, some of my, my, most memorable, you know, uh, sermons, uh, you know, of a topical nature were always about my mom. Um, you know, she was just one of those, like I said, those people that, you know, and I know that it doesn't, it doesn't fit for everybody. I know not everybody had a wonderful upbringing and, and I'm sensitive to that. Um, because we have a perfect God. Amen. So even when our, our parents fell short, you know, God never did, but if you were fortunate, you know, like I said, and I was to have you know, parents that that loved you and, and 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 as imperfect as we all are, had had a love that that drew me towards God. You know, I thought of my parents loved me like this, and and Jesus says that, you know, that your love as a father is like hatred compared to the love that he has for us. I go, man, that love's gotta be good. Because I used to talk about my mom, I would say, you know, that everybody needs somebody in their life that loves them irrationally, right? And I don't know about you, but my mom loved me irrationally. Uh, I mean, you, you couldn't do any wrong. She knew that I did wrong, but you, you weren't going to you know, punish me for it. If anybody, she was going to, and she was a protector and all the things that you see. You know, and, and it's amazing to me is studying the word of God. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with this or not, but you know that women never went to war. The nation of Israel, women did not fight. Women gave birth. Women, as, as Adam would say of, of his wife Eve, that she's the mother of what? What was the, the term that he gave? She's the mother of all what? Living, right? Yeah. They, they didn't take life. And so it wasn't something that God ever put a woman in that position. You know, we need to stay in our wheelhouse and, and be who God created us to be. And I saw that, you know, in my mom. But I tell you, I mean, we had situations on our block, you know, where my, I had a neighbor who was like six foot three, about 300 pounds. He looked like a lumberjack. And uh, I'd thrown a rock at a car, and he saw me do it. And he came across the street, and he picked me up by my 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 jeans, by the belt loop in the back, and, and I, he was carrying me across the street. And I was going like this because I was in the air. Well, my mom was doing dishes in the kitchen, and she saw him do that. And she came running out of the house. And, and literally, I'm, this is no embellishment, no exaggeration. My mom came up to his belt buckle. My mom was five foot tall, and and she was... Pointing at him, you know, he was way up there, but she was like, and she was like, You put him down. And I just remember her grabbing me out of his arms. And she told that guy, She said, When my husband gets home, he's gonna, he, she didn't say, You'll have to figure it out, but she said, He's gonna beat you up. And my dad was like, You know, he came home and he's rational. You know, he's like, So what did Michael do? And my mom was like, It didn't matter what Michael did. That man touched your son, touched my son. And you're going to go over there right now, and you're going to take care of him, you know? And what did I see? I I saw the protective nature of God, you know, in my mom. My dad, like I said, you know, wisdom prevailed, you know, he's like over there. And he's like, I know my son did this. He goes, but next time, for your own sake, could you not pick up my son, you know, and carry him across the street because she will kill you. This time, this is a warning shot over the bow, but you will die if you know if you do it again and and then i had you know two older sisters obviously and 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 who were just like my mom and very loving very protective even to this this very day um you know my wife um like i said i could really it's kind of what will lead me as we go further from here i i have a mother-in-law that that loves me like uh, my wife loves me in the sense that you know ever since the day i met her she's been so pro and so positive. I just I have been surrounded sister-in-laws. I mean, it's, every woman in my life in some way, shape, or form is like, and when you think of a diamond, it's a facet. It's, it, it, it reflects some kind of light of God's love. And so it was easy to fall in love with Jesus. That, that's really the point. It's why for me, Mother's Day is so important because all the women that are in my life, and then I look at, you know, our staff, and I look at the women that serve here, and and they're just a wonderful reminder of the faithfulness of God. And yet, you know, like I said, we, we can miss, you know, so much when we think about, you know, on a day like this. Like I said, because I mean, through the years a lot of people go, ah, oh, you know what, we shouldn't, we shouldn't, you know, spend time, you know, talking about, you know, moms. It's you know, this is about the glory of God. And you go, and it is. You go, but he created us in his image. And and he created us for his good pleasure. And, and I'll share some things here, you know, as we go along here, you know, when I think of Proverbs thirty-one thirty, and you look at this again, it says, charm is deceptive. It says, and beauty does not last. And, you know, one of the things, you know, and, you know, my wife, she's not one that to, you know, ask for a lot of things, you know, from people. And there's only, you know, a few people within her circle. You know, if you notice my wife's face today, she's got a, a band-aid, you know, that she has, you know, on her face. And, and, uh, she went to the doctor here recently and dermatologist, and they, there was a spot there. And so they tested it and it came back that it was, uh, malignant. And so she has, you know, some form of melanoma and they're, so they took out a piece and it's about the, the size of like a dime, you know, on on her face. And, 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 you know, we're looking at this thing and right now they're testing it. And the reason I wanted to share this with you is so that you can pray for, um, and obviously they're testing the cells now. And so if it, if it's, you know, inside of that, the the amount that they've taken out now, it'll be over and done. They'll sew it up and, you know, she'll have obviously a, a scar on her face the rest of her life. Um, but, you know, the, the good side of that is that then it's it's taken care of and it's done. If not, then they have to go further. And so obviously, you know, it, not just as a woman, as a man, I'd feel the same way. You know, if all of a sudden in your face, you know, they're they're making a big incision and then maybe they have to make a bigger incision. Um, those things would, you know, would get your uh, attention really quick. And so this verse, obviously, you know, throughout this month has been something that, you know, that I've had to think about and not because I necessarily wanted to, but I I looked at this and just in praying, you know, charm is deceptive and beauty does not last. And so what do we do? We think about physical beauty. Physical beauty doesn't last. It doesn't last if you're a woman or a man, but it changes, right? And then we start looking at, you know, other things, right? The, the more, more important things. And that's really what this led to. Because I was looking at this, it was my wife's birthday and she was born on May the 3rd. And so May is a big month anyway in our family. You know, we have Mother's Day, we've got her birthday. We've got two of our kids. One was born on the 22nd, you know, Brett and Bree was born on the 25th. So May is a big, big celebration, you know, in our family and Mother's Day being one of them. And I was looking at that text because I wanted to write a devotional about my wife on her birthday and post it. And, and this is one of those passages of scriptures, you know, and, and Proverbs that everybody can just come to, you know, and, and, and really not take it to heart, you know, what it meant. And on her birthday, as I was praying for her, and I was praying about what to write, the Lord quickened verse 10, where it says, the heart of her husband it says, safely trust her in the New King James Version. Safely trust her, and she does him no ill all the days of her life. And I was thinking about that. For one, my wife loves hearts, but it was not talking about the wife's heart. It was talking about the husband's heart, and said the heart of her husband trusts her, and that's how it starts. You know, it says a, a virtuous woman who can find her, and 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 then it goes through this, and and you could look at that, and as many people do, as like this is a list of things that a virtuous woman does, and that wasn't the intent in the truest sense at all. Because when you look at this, it says you know, that the heart of her husband safely trusts her. And, and you think about you know, what Proverbs 31 was written for. It wasn't really written for a woman. It was written for a man. It was for a man what to look for. And it began by saying you know, that what you should be looking for isn't external beauty per se. What you should be looking for is what goes on in the heart because it obviously bookends this and down there in verse 30 when it says, you know, but a woman who fears the Lord shall be greatly praised. And so I, I kept thinking about that as going, okay, so why does the husband, why does he trust his wife? Why does he trust his wife? And I kept praying about that and I kept studying that through this, the context of this chapter. And it was because she feared the Lord. That was the connection. He trusts her because she fears. God. And then, so what does that mean? And that's, you know, became the thing that I looked for. And like I said, as I would sit there with my wife and she's going, you know, honey, you know, I mean, let's just pray, you know, that this, this would be the end of it, obviously, and that they could sew it up. Uh, Right now they can't, they just have to leave it open because there is the possibility that they have to go get more. And so, like I said, that's something, you know, for, for her and for me, I, I would cover your prayers for my wife and just that God would, that would be the extent of it. Um, Obviously, she's had to prepare herself if not. And the thing that you do is part of that becomes this. The Lord uses this text that you go, beauty, physical beauty is what? It's passing. It it will pass. I mean, it's like it's the elephant in the room. You go, oh, no, no, you're still beautiful. You know, we go, you're still beautiful and my eyes have gone dim. You know, it's like your hearing goes bad, your eyes go bad. You go, it's part of what? Aging. It, it, that's part of life. It's to be accepted. And you go, but there's something that can actually get more beautiful as time goes on. And that's the inner beauty, scripture talks about. Don't, you know, again, just adorn yourself with outward beauty. And there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't say that there's anything wrong with it. It's only when you parade it, you know, but it, but scripture talks about, but the hidden person of the heart. And so I love this as I, as I began to study this. So it says in verse 31, then it goes on, it says, reward her for all that she's done and let her deeds publicly declare her praise. You know, again, and I think, you know, here at, you know, Calvary Chapel, we, we love to be able to celebrate people. And like I said, women in particular, and especially, you know, I, I think of the women, like I said, that serve week in and week out. You know, I, I look at, you know, or my wife oversees our nursery ministry. There's women that serve within our, our nursery. There's men that serve there. or Vanessa, with regard to our children's ministry and all the women that teach in Sunday school classes a lot of those are being led by men today think appreciate that that men are covering for the women so that they could uh, not have to be in in their serving today I think of you know like ministries like Mary Martha you know I think of stitch together I think of you know our just our women's ministry I think of TWc I mean our Wednesday night service uh, you know we have worship teams I mean you name it, there's just not an area of ministry in the life of our church where there's not the fingerprints of women you know, that are on it. And like I said, we are so, so blessed. And so here we have in scripture telling, it, it says, reward her for all that she's done and let her deeds publicly declare her praise. And you go, what are those things that we're celebrating? You go, those things that we did for Jesus today, amen. that's how we're glorifying the Lord. It's with our life, loving God with what? With all of our heart, our mind, our soul and our strength and loving our neighbors as ourselves. And so, like I said, as I, I look at you know this verse and I thought about this because of the things that go on during the month of May, you know, in the Ostheimer family, um, it really goes back to my wife. I, I look at the things that, you know, and you see and you see cards and stuff that'll be talking about, you know, that a house can be made up of many things, but usually it's the love of the mother. That's the glue that kind of holds it all together we use terms like matriarch and patriarch you know in the life of of our of our families and and that's true you know in our home as well and yet like i said as i i think of this you know today um it's not just you know my wife but i see you know the women like i said in this church and and one of the things that you know and i i love as i i was reading through this um you know in the heart of her husband you know safely trusting, you know, his wife, you know, what is the idea, you know, um, behind really verses 12 through 27 there? Because we can read, you know, Proverbs 31 and we could look at it. And I think many of you do, especially women, you look at this as a list of activities, you know, that a virtuous wife or a woman accomplishes. But yet when you really, you know, look at the verses and study it, you know, the idea behind a virtuous woman is her commitment to holiness. And that doesn't make any difference than whether you are single, whether you are married, whether you are divorced, you know, um, whether you have children or no children. So it, it speaks across the board, and it's not just to women. You know, being virtuous can also speak to us as men as well. Interesting that that word virtuous there. It's two words. It's the word ishet, eshet, e s h e t in the Hebrew, and shavil. It's c h a y I-L, and it's the, the Hebrew term there for virtuous woman or a woman of valor, you know, ishet, or, you know, if you look at my wife's license plate, you know, we laugh about this because uh, I did the, the English phonics version of it. Uh, in the Hebrew language, it's the word isha, I-S-H-A. It means woman and ishti, it's I-S-H-A-T-I is uh, my woman actually in hebrew so i thought well i'll just do this kind of in the english phonics version of it so i spelled it i s h t e e T because that's how it's pronounced so it's ishti ish ah is woman ishti is my woman well people read it my wife she's like honey we got to get rid of this license plate she goes people stop all the time she goes i think they think it's something bad and they'll laugh, and they're looking at it, and she's like, you know, oh my gosh. She's like, and I go, honey, you know, and the Lord knows, and I know, you know, uh, what, what I mean by that and what the Lord means by that. But I love this because if you think about that, especially with regard to being virtuous here in Proverbs 31.10 in the Amplified Version, it's Eshet, Sheel is translated, an excellent woman, one who is spiritual, capable, intelligent, and virtuous. And the term, or virtuous woman here, it's only found in the Bible three times. Reference in the book of Ruth, and then twice in the book of Proverbs. And you think about, you know, like I said, the reason that a husband's heart trusts his wife, because more than her love for her husband, more than her love for her children, the reason a virtuous woman is to be praised publicly, what the, the writer of Proverbs is telling us here, is because of her love for the Lord. And it's evidenced by what? her fear of the Lord. She's to be praised publicly because of her fear of the Lord. Now, and it's so interesting to me, and I don't know if you've ever really spent the time looking at it that way, but I wanted to do that with you here this morning on Mother's Day, because in other words, you know, the list that we read here in Proverbs 31 of a a virtuous wife, it does get our attention, right? You read the list there and you think of all the things that she does, but What's most deserving, like I said, of our, our accolades, of our public praise, is her motivation. It's what motivates her. See, because we can look at, you know, it's, is it the ends justify the means, or is it the means justify the ends? Well, with Scripture, you know, obviously, you know, the ends justify the means in the sense of why are you doing what you do, and the means justify the end the same way, because you're doing it, says everything that we would do, whether you are male or female here, we should do all what? for the glory of God. Amen? And that's really what this is drawing out, you know, here in in Proverbs 31. So again, it's not so much what a woman does, but why she does what she does that means the most, you know, and how different we might read Proverbs 31 and understand really the true meaning. We focus our attention on the why rather than the what. So look at that again in verse 30, charm is deceptive and beauty does not last but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised, greatly praised. So what does it mean to fear the Lord? That's what I want you to think about. What does it mean to fear the Lord? You don't need to turn there, but in Exodus chapter 20, most of us remember the story when Moses went up on Mount Sinai and he received the 10 commandments, right? So Moses gets the 10 commandments. And the the nation of Israel, the children of Israel, they hear the Ten Commandments. And it says in Exodus 20, verse 18, it says, and when the people heard the thunder and the loud blast of the ram's horn, and when they saw the flashes of lightning and smoke billowing from up on the mountain, because they were down below, right? Moses was up on the mountain. He was receiving the Ten Commandments from God. It says, and they said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, but don't. Let God speak directly to us or we will die, right? Well, why? Because they understood his holiness, right? They understood his purity. They understood his, his virtue. And yet Moses says in verse 20, it says, Don't be afraid, Moses answered them, for God has come in this way to test you, and so that you fear him and your fear of him will keep you from sinning. Okay, that that makes sense to us, right? That God gave the Ten Commandments so that we would fear God and that we would fear sinning against Him, that we would fear, again, the wrath of God. And so, again, when you look at this, why did God give it? He gave it so that they would fear sinning against God. And, but yet, what was his purpose? Was God, did he give them the Ten Commandments so that they would they would move away from God? Was that their desire? When you read the text there, God gave the 10 commandments and you go, oh, that made God unapproachable to them. Well, what was the intent there? He says, so that you fear him and will keep you from sinning. Well, how do we keep from sinning? Those of us now that have read the entire Bible, how do you keep from sinning? Is it by staying away from God or is it by drawing close to God? I think we'd all agree it's by what? Drawing close to God. And so that's what, in essence, Moses was telling the children of Israel, that their fear of kindling God's power in his wrath against him shouldn't drive them away from God. It actually should have the opposite effect. It was his, his, his power and his wrath should do what? It should cause them to fear God and to do what? To come close to him and ask for what? For mercy and for grace. What does the writer of Hebrews tell us because of the death of Jesus upon the cross, that we can come boldly before the throne of grace, right? He calls it a throne of grace in our time of need, that we would draw close to God. So think of it this way. If you're running from God because you're afraid of him, then you're not yet afraid of him as you should be. Let me read that again. If you're running from God because you are afraid of him, then you are not yet afraid of him as you should be. Why? What did the psalmist say? Where can I go from your presence? Can you outrun God? Have you ever tried? You ever tried to get away from him? You ever tried to get outside of his presence? Can you? No. no. Even the prodigal son, it says that he, he asked for his inheritance from his father and it says and he went to uh, where? To the ends of the earth. It says that he actually went as far away as he possibly could get from his father. And the question that begs to be asked could he get far enough away from the father's love? Now, while he was there wallowing in a pig sty, what happened? says he came to his senses because he thought about what? The love and the care of his father. Where can we go from the presence of God? You can't outrun him. So you notice you know the following verses that I'm going to share with you, they all show that fearing God causes us to do what? To run to him, not away from him. So when you meet people that are running from God, the reason they're running from God is because they don't know God. If you knew God, you would never run from God. If you knew God, you would always run what? To God. That's what will happen in the heart of the person, the heart that knows God. And when it talks about a woman who fears the Lord, so think about this. So now you go all the way back through, start in verse 12 and go all the way through verse 27 in the book of Proverbs in chapter 31 there, And you have a woman whose life is motivated by the fear of God. So she wants to do her best. She's offering her best in everything she does as unto God, because the fear of God is what's motivating her in her life. And as her husband watches this, then it makes perfect sense why it says the heart of her husband safely trusts her. And she does him no wrong because he's watching her life and everything about her life is what? Is others-focused. It's God-focused. It's her family-focused, right? Read through the text there. I, I won't read it. We don't have the time to walk all through it. But she cares about what? Her household. She cares about her servants. She, she perceives a, a field. She, she sees merchant ships, right? She deals with other people. Everything about her life is other-centered, is other-focused. And her husband sees this. and says, That's why it says, and that's why he trusts her. Because she's not in it for herself. She's not in it to see what she can get out of it. And you think about, you know, of all the holidays, right? So the number one, you know, Christian holiday is Christmas. The second one is Easter. The third is what? It's Mother's Day. You go, wow, all the things that we could celebrate. You go, Mother's Day. And you go, why? Because of the picture of what a godly mother is to her family, to the church, to the world. Isaiah chapter 8, verses 13 and 14, it kind of proves this point that when you fear God, you move closer to Him. You never move far away from Him. And that's what people see. And that's why on a day like this, where we get to recognize moms and women in general, you're here on a Sunday morning. You could be a lot of places today. There's a lot of women, you know, even Christian women, godly women, but their Mother's Day is about them today. And they're going, hey, I want... and in the true sense, there's nothing wrong with that. We need rest and we need refreshment. But It says, but a woman who what? Fears the Lord, she shall be greatly praised, right? And that comes from God himself. Isaiah 8, 13 and 14 says, make the Lord of heaven's armies holy in your life. He is the one you should fear. He is the one who you should make, who should make you tremble, and he will keep you safe. Think about that. It says, he is the one you should fear. He is the one who should make you tremble he will keep you safe. And this almost seems like a paradoxical statement, doesn't it? That you're in the presence of God and it should make you tremble. It should make you fear and it'll make you safe. Is why. Where's the safest place to be? I always love that Greg Laurie-ism. The safest place to be is where? In the center of God's will. The most dangerous place to be is any other place. Yeah. Psalm 25, 14. Look at this. The Lord is a friend to those who fear him. See, we talk about, oh, you know, we don't need to fear God. No, we do need to fear God. But it's not fear of his wrath. That's not what this woman who's being praised by her husband, that's not the, the fear that she has. The fear is doing anything that would hurt the heart of God. Anything that would hurt her family, anything that would hurt her husband. That's the fear that he's talking about. He says, and the woman who has that kind of fear, She should be greatly praised, amen, because God is number one in her life. Like I said, Psalm 25, 14, the Lord is a friend to those who fear him. He teaches them his covenants. See, Jesus said, no longer do I call you slaves, but I call you friends, for a slave doesn't know what his master's doing. But I've told you what? All thanks, because there's a friendship there. Psalm 31, 19, how great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you fearing God. And it says, how great is the goodness for those that fear you? Not living, like I said, in light of his wrath. That's not the heart of a godly woman. That's not the heart of a godly person. It's living in that, that, that awareness that God has loved you so much that he gave his life for you. And that in your heart, you're going, what I want to do is like, with regard to the Ten Commandments, we can't keep them perfectly, but the, but the commandments are perfect. They have to do with our relationship with God and our relationship with our fellow man. And he says, how great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. Psalm 34, 7 says, for the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. See, many people, every time they see the word fear, they think of the wrath of God, right? Oh, you fear his wrath. See, the reason I, I serve God is because he's going to kill me if I don't. If God wanted you dead, would you be dead? Yeah, He doesn't want you dead. Jesus said, I've come that you might have what? Life. Life. That's what he wants for us. Eve, her name given to her by Adam. Eve, the mother of what? The living. Yeah. I could have titled this today. Maybe I'll do that in second service. I'll title the message, Women Like God. Not women who are gods, but women like God, a reflection of God. Psalm 103, I I love this whole psalm, but in particular this, Psalm 103, verse 11 through 13, it says, for his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. Don't you love that? It says, the Lord is like a father to his children, tender, compassionate to those who fear him. To those who fear him. Yeah, but live in that understanding of who he is and his desire for us it has no heart to, to hurt the Father at all. But to listen, to obey Psalm 145:19 it says, "He grants the desire of those who fear him, He hears their cries for help, and he rescues them." Yeah, the power of God, the wrath of God against sin. You go, oh yeah, that's something to be afraid of. But that's not the drive here. It's not the drive of, of the woman of God, the man of God. Like Paul, the apostle, our greatest fear is that we would do anything that would hurt his heart. And then as they go through that list, then in Proverbs 31, you look at that and you go, it's all the different manifestations that exist in her life. The love that she has for her family that motivates her to do what she does. The love that she has for her servants is what motivates her to do what she does. And yet all that, all that pales in comparison to her love for God. That is what drives her to do what she does and is why it says then we publicly praise her greatly because it's not just that, yes, God has made her beautiful in her own way, but a woman who fears the Lord shall be greatly praised." Great. And I love that as you look at this. Psalm 147, 11, it says, No, the Lord's delight is in those who fear him, those who put their hope in his unfailing love. You start seeing now where you see the word fear, you see it directly linked or connected to the word hope in Scripture, where there's fear of the Lord, there's always love, and there's always hope. Like I said, the woman then, and as I look at this and like I said, I could look at my mom, I could look at my wife, I can look at my daughter, I can look at my mother-in-law, I can look at my sisters, I can look at so many women within this church. And, and it and it, in a sense, it, it jumps off the page, is there's there's sacrifice that is so much like Christ, the preferring other people over yourself. You know, like I said, we go to Philippians, right, and we look at this, and, and it's not to say that there's many men in our church this way, but obviously it's Mother's Day and we're celebrating moms. But this woman that I see in Proverbs 31 and these women that I see in my life and the ones that I know is they're not running away from God trying to satisfy their own desire. And that's what's happening in the world, isn't it? And we see this in the end times, in the last days, it says there's going to be a falling away because the love of many people is going to wax cold. It's their love for God. They're going to go, you know, I tried God and it just didn't work it just didn't pan out you know for me but then to really look at it and and think that she's not running from the lord to satisfy her longings but she's running to him and she's not just running to him she's finding our hope there as well you know it's been well said that you know men find their self-worth in what they do but women find their self-worth in their relationships and i think that really It plays itself out when you look at Proverbs 31. Yes, she accomplishes much, but she's doing it for the right reasons. That's not to have the accolade of it. She's doing it because there's a person connected to the other side of it. She's doing it for the people that are in her life. Sometimes guys will just do it. I just did that to, it's on my bucket list, right? We use that term, bucket list. I just wanted to mark that thing off, you know, that I did it or that I accomplished it. Me, me, me. But for women, so much, and this isn't true of all women, but it's true of every woman who's to be greatly praised, every woman who fears the Lord, is that there'll always be other people on the other side of it, that it's not about what I get out of it, it's about what I can provide, and that's really what this woman that we read about in Proverbs 31 does. She has tremendous accomplishments throughout the course of her day, but the thing that motivates her the most is the people. The people that those things are connected to. I don't know if you like Lauren Daigle at all, but uh, Lauren Daigle has a as a new song out. And it's called "Thank God I Do," and and I like this because you know I I sent it to my wife when it first came out, and she just fell in love with it. And I and then so I would, I would listen to her and she's singing the song, and then, so I start looking at the words of this and and you think about this, it really captures that that heart of someone who's God focused, who's others focused. She says. I've seen love come and I've seen love walk away. So many questions, will anybody stay? It's been a hard year, so many nights in tears, all the darkness trying to fight my fears, alone, so long alone. The chorus goes on It says, I don't know who I'd be if I didn't know you. I'd probably fall off the edge. I don't know where I'd go if you ever let go. So keep me held in your hands. Then it goes on, the verse to it, it says, I've started breathing, the weight is lifted here. With you, it's easy. My head is finally clear. There's nothing missing. When you are by my side, I took the long road, but now I realize I'm home with you. I'm home. Then the bridges, it says, you're my safe place, my hideaway. You're my anchor, my saving grace. You're my uh, constant, my steadiness. You're my shelter, my oxygen. And then it goes on. It says, and I don't know who I'd be if I didn't know you. Thank God I do. And I love that because it shows you that connection, that it's about a relationship here. A woman who is greatly to be praised that we see in Proverbs 31 is a woman who knows God and who loves God and seeks to magnify God in everything that she does, every relationship that she enjoys. Charm is deceitful. Beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. And you go, why? Why is it important today? Just real quick before you go, let me just share a few of these things with you. One, it glorifies God. It glorifies God. 1 Corinthians one thirty one says, therefore, as the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. But you know, not only do the heavens declare the glory of God, people do as well. That's what Genesis tells us, right? You know, let us make man in our image, in the image of God. He created them, male and female. We're, we're celebrating women today, mothers in particular, created in the very image of God, who are a reflection of God. And I always love that. You know, you think of how Jesus himself, how God himself, he said that, you know, to think of an analogy that God uses to demonstrate his love and his care and his compassion for people. Remember the children of Israel. And he said, you know, Oh Israel, O Israel. He says, you know, how I've longed to what? Gather you as a mother hen, would her chicks? He would get their picture that, that I, I have that kind of love for you, that care, as a mother does, for her child. First Corinthians 11, 7 and 8 says, A man should not wear anything on his head when worshiping, for man is made in God's image and reflects God's glory, and women reflects man's glory. For the first man did not come from woman, but the first woman came from man. And so one of the things that we see in Scripture here is that men, that we bear the responsibility to publicly acknowledge not only our wives, but the women in our lives as well, that it brings glory to God. And I and I can't miss this. Like I said, um I, I want to share this with you because I want you to to think about and I, I think some things that maybe we don't think about on Mother's Day, but we do. You know, because God knows, you know, that like I said, sharing public praise of of any person, male or female, it really, it heightens our highs just as sharing our pains with other people lessens our lows. I think you'd agree with that. There's something about sharing with one another. C.S. Lewis, in his book on the Psalms, he wrote this. He says, praise is not merely the expression of joy, but it's the consumption of joy. So in other words, joy isn't fully enjoyed until what? It's expressed in praise. And that can be praise of God. It can be praise of others. I like what Max Licato wrote with regard to the worship of God. He said, worship is the thank you that can't be silenced. And I think it's true in the, in the lives of people. We need to be able to appreciate people publicly and say, you know, thank you for, you know, what you do and all that you do. I wrote my notes here. Joy reaches its climax in praise just as bitterness does in gossip. Have you ever gossiped about another person and then felt terrible afterwards? Bitter people gossip joy-filled people praise. When we praise God for others, our own joy is made full. And I had to think about that in my own life. You know, sometimes I'll I'll, I'll be praising somebody and I'll get choked up. And I'm not crying because I'm sad. I'm crying because I'm experiencing joy at the deepest possible level. It's it's expressing the love that you have. And when you finally, when you say it, it does something that kind of seals the deal, you might say. C.S. Lewis said, praise is inner health made audible. I love that. Praise is inner health made audible. You know anybody who's miserable in your life? You know they're miserable. Why? Probably because they tell you. Their lives are marked by grumbling or complaining. That's a lack of joy. No wonder, you know, Paul in Philippians chapter 4, he says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And he says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Reminds me of Mother's Day. You have an opportunity today to go back and think about all the things throughout the course of your life that your mom did, you know, for you and draw those out. And when you do that, there's something about people, I don't know, I'm kind of mad at her still for this. And all of a sudden you do it anyway. And what happens? You get over it. Something happens in your own heart that you get to experience that joy by doing what? By offering it to others. It's the same thing that happens in worship. We have these aha moments, right? You come in, you ever come in in a bad mood and just decided, I'm just going to worship Jesus today. And you start praising him. What happens? All of a sudden, you just enter into the joy of the Lord. It's there. That's one of the great blessings that we have with praise. And that's what I believe the writer of Proverbs is saying you know, to us here. It's a great thing. It honors God. It glorifies God. But also to remember life is short. Charm is deceptive. What does it say? Beauty does not last. Your mom's not going to be here forever. Mine's mine's in heaven now. My grandmother's in heaven. I have a sister-in-law who's in heaven today. You know, today might be the last chance you get to tell people that you love them. So that's not limited to just moms, but I'll tell you, but if your mom's around today, I can tell you this, it, it talk to you know, people who love their mom today and they go, man, what would you give to be able to talk to your mom today and tell her how much that you loved her? And people, it'll just, there's that, that sadness. They go, man, I wish, I wish, I wish I could talk to my mom on Mother's Day. And then the last thing, it might seem like the most obvious, you know, why we should greatly praise The women in our life who fear the Lord today because they need encouragement. Just live in a hard world. She needs to hear. I like this note. It says, As long as there's a fifth commandment, honor your father and your mother. You could say, Why should I do it today? Because God said so. Honor her. It's been well said. Life doesn't come with a manual, it comes with a mother. It's like the teacher who said, what has six letters and starts with M and picks up stuff? It's supposed to be magnet. All the kids wrote mother. You know, it's like the things that come to your mind. I like that old saying the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Abraham Lincoln once said this of his own mom. He said, I remember my mother's prayers. They've always followed me and they've clung to me all my life. I saw this quote this week. It says, A mother is your first friend, your best friend, your forever friend. Yeah, mom's need. Encouragement too, and we have that opportunity. Proverbs eighteen twenty-one says the tongue can bring death or life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So use our tongues today, not only to praise God, but to appreciate those that are in our life that God has made in his image. Proverbs sixteen two says, Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Proverbs twenty-five, twenty-five, especially if your mom isn't around, maybe, you know, she's somewhere else in the world today. I remember, uh, it was David Letterman, when uh, he had his talk show, he said that uh, more collect calls were made on Mother's Day. You know, those words that your mom longed to hear, yes, I will accept the charges. Uh, back in the day, Proverbs twenty five twenty five though, says, good news from afar away is like cold water to a thirsty soul. You know, just maybe hearing from you might just be the very thing that soothes a thirsty soul. It's the gift of words. But I can tell you this, the best gift that you can give your mom today, you know, one of the greatest blessings that I ever have had in ministry and in leading somebody to the Lord happened in my office years ago, and it was, a, it was a son whose mom had prayed diligently for him that he would come to know Christ. I mean, in tears, I mean, for decades, I'm not talking about weeks, and months, this was not even just years, it was decades, and she died. And he was sitting in my office and he was broken at the loss of his mom. And we were talking, and I said, You know, so, you know, so what why why are you so broken up about this? And he said, My mom prayed for me my whole life that I would come to know Jesus. And she goes, And she died. She died without me coming to know Jesus. And I said, Okay, well, it's no biggie. And he was just like, What's what do you mean it's no biggie? And I said, yeah, think about it. I said, where's your mom at right now? She's in heaven. I have no question about that. She is in heaven. And I said, okay. And I said, now, if you were to surrender your life to Jesus right now, and you became born again, I said, where are you going to be one day? He goes, well, I'd be in heaven. And I go, and where's your mom? He goes, and all of a sudden, if you, you I wished I wish to God that I could have captured his face in that moment. The joy that came over him to realize for the first time in his life that he could see her again in heaven was life transforming for him, really, and for me too. And you think about, you know, the greatest gift, because maybe you're here today, maybe you're, you know, you and your mom have no relationship whatsoever. Maybe she is in heaven. And, and maybe, you, you know, maybe you're a Christian now, but you weren't then. But you're here today, and maybe you aren't a Christian today. I can't think of a better gift on a Mother's Day than to give your own heart to Jesus, to be an answer to that prayer. Because what she wanted for you, you know, what I think every mom wants is what they want better for even themselves. Of all the things that they could want for you is that you'd spend eternity with the same God who loved your mom and gave himself for her, and to pray and say, God, forgive me. Thank you for a godly mom. Thank you for you know, the way that she pushed me and directed me towards you. And thank God for the gift of eternal life, because I'm placing my hope and my trust in you, knowing that not only will I see you, Lord, one day, but guess what? I get to see her too. And I always like to try to picture that because you will obviously be Jesus first. Can you just picture your mom like coming over his back, you know, trying to trying to get to you, go the first because you'll hear people say this, go, the first person I want to see when I get to heaven is I go, well, of course it's Jesus, right? But then it's like, oh, I can't wait to hug my mom or my dad or my grandfather, you know, my 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 kids or whoever, you know, might have maybe gone there first. But that's the, the joy that we have today. And it's why we can praise moms. Most of us are here today because we had a mom who loved us and shared Jesus with us. Amen. Don't, don't miss the opportunity today. I, I love that passage. You know, charm is deceptive. Beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she is to be greatly praised. And I think you know, on behalf of the men of this church, we praise God greatly for you all as women in general, but moms specifically in the sacrifices that you've made for your families and God bless you. Today is our prayer. Let's stand to our feet. We'll we'll send you out with prayer and with song. And like I said, there they'll be. Rodney will be outside there. I'd Love to snag a picture of you that we can take. Um, and you know, I'll just step out on a, on a limb here. If your children aren't with you today, John Jones will be available. John, because it's a birthday picture, John would be more than happy, and I know he would. He would be more than happy to stand with you and take a picture with you today. Yes. Susan's first. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Well, Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for the gift of moms today. We thank you for the gift of the women in our church today. And we thank you that, God, we can take a day like this and, Lord, just read from your word passages of scripture that remind us, Lord, what it means to to live in the fear of God. Not a fear of your wrath, but, Lord, a fear of relationship. And it's what makes it so beautiful. But Lord, we don't want to hurt your heart. We want to do the things that please you, the things that bring joy to you. Because, Lord, when we do that, God, it brings great joy to us. As your word said, we can never outgive you, God. And so thank you. Thank you for giving us moms, like we read in Hebrews that speaks of our fathers, that you gave us earthly fathers for just a short while. Again, life is short. And they did the best they could, your word says, to, to discipline us, to care for us, to push us in the right direction. And and Lord, our moms, the same thing. Thank you, Lord, for what they've done for us. Thank you for what they continue to do. Lord, may today just be a day that's sweet, that's full of of kindness, Lord, words that got our life-giving. May where there needs to be forgiveness today, may it be offered, may it be granted, may there be just wonderful moments of reconciliation in homes and families. That's our, our prayer today. God, is what you commended to us as a ministry of reconciliation. We thank you, Lord, for the hearts of moms today. Be with them and bless them. Bless your church, Lord. Use us, Lord, today to be a blessing to others. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.